0: Hello, and welcome to You Don't Know Lit. My name is Nick Argyris, and this week I'm looking for the best book by a salacious new exiled prince. <laughs>
1: uh-huh. Oh,
2: salacious new exiled prince.
1: Yeah. You know, I've never really thought of him as an exile before you said that just now. Like, I've thought of him as like, oh, he chose to leave the family. Yeah. He moved to yeah, Canada or whatever it close. is. Yeah, but but he's in exile.
2: Yeah. And some of the stuff that happens towards the end of the book makes it clear that... Um, to help me
1: are <laughs> two. We'll get into it.
0: Very furry high school English teachers, very Ian and Joe. Very
1: furry. Hi, Nick. My name is Joe Holshue. I'm a high school English teacher. And if you're looking for a salacious exile prince, etc. Um. I Book. I read the book Spare this week, written by Prince Harry, Duke of Sussex. Although, can he... Does he... Can he call himself? Yeah, that? he's
2: still allowed to. Yep, he's okay. Still it, to. it
1: says it on the cover. I was going to say, uh-huh. um, it is written in 2023, January of 2023, probably making this our most like yeah. our quickest turnaround ever yeah, from I think book so. to pod. I and started reading this the day it was from book yeah. to pod. From book to pod, um, it is 410 grueling pages
2: long. <laughs> <laughs> oh pip pip nick cheerio joe and bob Lobinsky lit head. this week like joe i read prince harry's new memoir spare and unlike joe i enjoyed it
1: may your earlobes turn into assholes and shit on your shoulders
2: hey the plot doesn't fucking matter at all this is what i think it's about if you look closely enough <laughs> every author was at some point a Audiobooks don't count, right? All art is quite useless. (laughs) Who who told you that? Fun fact that is how Joe laughs. laughs.
0: I knew this was gonna happen.
2: Yeah, let, let's let's yeah. let's go behind the scenes a little bit here, leadheads. Yeah, uh, whoop, whoop, whoop,
1: Joe behind the scenes. That's yeah, the behind that the, the scenes this sound.
0: is real. Yeah, real tough to get into here. Mm. Joe doesn't like uh, bullshit, <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, so <laughs> this book was never. You were never gonna <laughs> like this. And Ian. <laughs> I feel like you Duh. are uh, a kind, forgiving man, and I feel like you might um, be easily swayed by Prince's Prince Harry, Duke right. of Sussex. And let's not forget <laughs> that he is
1: uh, a firm anti-monarchist. Uh, he yes. uh, he that's holds no quarter yes. for the
2: monarchy. Yes. Yes. Yes, the monarchy. Yes, bleep the monarchy. Yes, bleep yes, them. Like <laughs> um, we we we. we Set up to read this. This is a cop out episode, Litheads. We set up to read this book, and yeah, just Nick one book. kind of insisted that both of us read it. Mm-hmm. And yeah,
0: I really didn't want to hear Ian like defend him for a mm-hmm. while, and then Joe be like, you know, and I didn't want to hear Joe just rip on him for a while. So
2: I feel like we need <laughs> See, some balance. You can hear here. both, Litheads, you get to hear all of it. Some right. defense, so it's going to be that ripping. exact same
1: episode, but it's going to be interspersed with each other, right? Rather than a chunk of it. I have the receipts,
2: as the kids say. Oh, um, and what does that mean? Uh, That means that I have a video or digital evidence of what happened this week. So Mm -hmm. uh, at 10.09 a.m. on Sunday, uh, that would be the 15th, Joseph Harvey Holshue texted us and said, this book is boring. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And And I would like to point out, I stand
1: by that text. (laughs) On
2: Monday at 10.33 a.m., Joseph Harvey Holshue said, is there a chance we could move to later this week? (laughs) No relation. So uh, definitely um, a, ch- a slog is, is a phrase that might be used for, for certain members of this, of this consortium.
1: Mm-hmm. My actually favorite part of the exchange is when Ian responded uh, pretty immediately to that initial text, this book is boring, and he said, it's not that bad. And then Nick responded, this is exactly <laughs> why I wanted you both to read it. <laughs> well, I'm oh, also glad...
0: We cleared up the name because it's not spar, is it? No,
2: it's not. And I, and I, I do think that um, I do think that Nick, you could have gone
0: with. Is that a tra- of, is that a translational thing with uh, British English?
2: I have no idea what you're talking about. I think, I think, do you I, think it's that- a bowling term. So here's how <laughs> Prince Harry's a big into bowling, and, and when you bowl the ball and you go in the gutter the first time, and there's some pins mm. left over, yeah, you got to bowl again. Got and it. Then, is that a if metaphor? You knock it all down. It is not. No, this is no. book. This book is actually <laughs> it's sort of his fan fiction of his life. Uh, mm-hmm. What it would be like if he had become a world bowling championship yeah. bowler? And Where? let me say, it's really sad. Um, he yeah. he did not he, he dream doesn't big. Get there, he was a prince, and he doesn't dream big. Mm-mm.
0: Well, welcome, litheads. The you don't know lit a weekly, or as we call it, strongly podcast. Where every week podcast. we normally pick two books, one theme, but we so haven't for. Like but we haven't cause for we just,
1: quite a while we've yeah and that's that's fine
2: yeah
0: it,
1: who's keeping track nobody
0: cares ah uh, the lit heads
2: absolutely <laughs> are I'm sure.
0: uh and uh we do have some show rules to keep us on track rule number one only unavoidable spoilers today today gentlemen we don't want to <laughs> learn too much about this guy um <laughs> no. and it is possible yeah. Yeah. having
2: read this there is such a thing as too much information
0: yeah uh rule number two omit needless words joe
1: Um, Um, And and, yeah, rule number three doesn't matter. You want to give me the back cover, Joe? Yeah, absolutely. All right. Nick, up until I read this book, I had no opinion on Prince Harry. I was familiar with him. I got the sense that he had gotten kind of the short shrift from his family, and I figured he probably had some legitimate gripes. After reading this book, though, I think Prince Harry is a whinging, insufferable mm. crybaby. Worse than that, I think he's written a 400-page book book—a life that is so, so dull. It's one of my least favorite books I've ah, read in years, nice. and I do not recommend it on any level. What about the penis level? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I do like the word todger. Oh, that's good.
2: Um, yeah. Yeah, so you did learn something. You did add. You did this book did add yeah. to you,
1: you as a person. You're more well-rounded. Sure, well, right. Yeah, it it has added. You know, if every book adds a layer to yeah. you until you know you just are built out of entirely books. I do have an incredibly small layer added to me. After this is this. this is the How beginning of Joe's
2: <laughs> the This is the beginning of Joe's Todger era. Which <laughs> Ian, I want to hear you present this book now. Um, uh, in 1997, Princess Diana died in a car crash and. Oof understandably her kids and the public were pretty bombed out. Um, Prince Harry, one of her kids was traumatized by that event. And this book is him narrating his growth through that trauma, as well as how much he hates newspapers and facts about the queen. Ah, (laughs) unlike unlike Joe, I did enjoy this book. I'm not an apologist, but I, I was entertained, especially the last section. Boy. After hearing that angle, Joe, you're a real monster.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, but, you poor, know you can't really criticize the queen, little boy. Can you? He's nah. just a poor
0: little boy, Joe. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Won't you be my friend? <laughs> I'm just a poor little boy, <laughs> Joe. His life was boring. Okay, I thought the exact that was the exact opposite thing
1: you were going to say. I, I thought you were going to say how mm. privileged he was for just living an amazing life. Prince Harry, his entire life, has been a member of some of the most selective institutions on the planet. He went to Eaton School. He's a member of the royal family. He was a uh, 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 joined the army and did military service. That's not so selective, but, uh, you know, like flew helicopters and things like that. One of my favorite things to read in books is I think back to um Trevor Noah, Born a Crime, or I think back to J.D. Vance Elegy, And I think of like these moments where you get to peek behind the curtain of an institution that you will never, ever, ever be a part yeah. of. Right? I or even it. one of fully th- understand. Or, or ever fully understand yeah i think he has managed to be a part of all these selective institutions his entire life and i think he has next to nothing interesting to say about any of them um like when he is at eaton for example right yeah like give the, us an the example the finest here, school in the world like the finest school in the world he's at Eton. he's he's a prep boy he's growing up what's there. the finest and school in he- the world uh, Eaton. Uh, well, Kimberly High School, obviously. And then Eaton is number two. Ah, <laughs> trick um, <laughs> question. Good job, Joe. <laughs> Thank you. And that, like, he pretty much spends his time at Eaton, like, hanging out with stoners and, like, not really being, like, taking advantage of the opportunities in front of him, for example. He's a member of the royal family, and he pretty much spends this entire book complaining wildly about the royal family, thinking that they have done him dirty. Which, put a pin in that one, Ian. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. I'm gonna. I'll pause there. <laughs> uh, he, Joe,
0: are you? I mean, how excited could he possibly be when you have the whole world in your hand? If you could do whatever mm-hmm. you want, what you know, what's the point of doing anything?
1: You know? Yeah. Okay. That might be a pretty good point because I think the thing that bugs me most about this book is he he obviously comes from a life of tremendous privilege, and he like gives nods to that life, right? Like he's he's royalty, etc. But he doesn't outside of a couple of outlying examples in here he is unable or unwilling to actually wield that privilege to do i don't know if i want to say any good in the world like to, to to move things because there are counter examples to that but he's unable or unwilling to like leverage that privilege to i don't know do anything besides like hang out with his friends and make kind of spurious decisions and and um
0: do you feel like he should have been like beheading more bad people or something more
1: criminals? For example, for ex- <laughs> <laughs> he should have been Batman.
2: <laughs> he should have been this Batman. This is a 400 page description of why he's not Batman. Just I'm sorry, guys. Ian, this brings me to my first question for you. <laughs> yes. Ian, I think so. Ian, like counterpoint. counterpoint. <laughs> I was going to, I was going to say something about privilege, but I think I'd rather respond to kind of Joe's reading. And I think, I think he doesn't do a great job of articulating this but there's a strong sense here the, the argument that he's making is that he doesn't really have true he doesn't have the freedom that people think he does. Right. So yes. people think his life is all one way and a lot of a lot of what he does in this in this book is is a little bit kind of you know patting his own back patting himself on the back and saying yes mm-hmm. I, yeah. I i do go to tk max which is the british version of tk Maxx." <laughs> oh good gravy he's does like it, is, he's
1: like yeah oh, and I nick if you to, think that's a banal detail just wait so like he does this
2: and it's like we're supposed to be all like wow prince harry went to tk max
1: he's just like us well
2: and i think there is an interest it's an interesting element that he explains why he does and it's like okay yeah i guess you kind of you that's a that's a smart move. To, sh- to shop there, like <laughs> clothes, well, The deals are care. undeniable.
1: And as Ian says this, I actually am recalling several examples of him describing shopping trips in this book. Right, he doesn't just go to TK Maxx; he goes to Whole Foods. That's what people want example. to know. He
0: goes. To- that's what people want to know. I want to know how this prince lives. Right. <laughs> well, and I think I think so. I think
2: I think what what this book is doing, what he's trying to do, is is act for himself. So he Mm -hmm. sketches this whole situation in which he has very little control over the things that matter in his life, things that don't matter, like going on a trip with his bros. Yep. Those and, and, and kind of what clothes he wears, those he, he can take care of himself, but on things like, can I get married? Um, can I do this with my time? Can my wife wear this clothing? Like things that things that sort of, there's a lot of control. And so he sees this as him sort of himself sort of this book is him doing something that is breaking that breaking that mm-hmm. control. Whether or not it's actually doing that, I, I uh, we could got it. That makes a lot of sense. Yep. He's, He's trying, trying to rebel, right? right?
0: Trying to rebel. This is the book he has mm-hmm. to write well it's the book he thinks he has to write
2: right and this is my point like <laughs> joe you're saying you're saying so much of this is just him kind of having fun and not really doing much with with the platform I, I don't know whether he actually is going to have the effect that he wants to have but he thinks he will and he wants to have that effect and so it's it's an attempt
0: yeah joe isn't this the the uh, this just the writing of this book prove you wrong this is him yeah, maybe trying joe, to do something good. It,
1: Yeah. Okay. So I think there might be some merit there, except like this. Let's move on. Okay. All right. (laughs) Done and dusted. No, go ahead, Joe. What do you guys say? I I think this book feels. when I finished this book, like when I started this book, I just kind of thought it was boring, but I, I thought it would get better. Like as he kind of joined the army, I thought some things were like more interesting there. And the last third of this book, this book is split into three sections, kind of Harry's childhood. is the first section. Harry's, I think Harry's military service mostly is the most second section. Yeah. And then the third section, I guess is just like Megan. I actually yeah. don't know if it's called that, but it's pretty much like his relationship with Meghan Markle right. and how things have evolved since then. This book did get better as it went absolutely at the end of this book though the number one thing i thought is this book feels inconsequential to me mm. i don't think anybody will care about this book in a year but like this book will not stick around it is not a classic of the of the genre like nobody's going to be reading this outside of you know a couple of months from now it is it, especially the, the third section where it does get into his relationship it does get into like the rift between him and his family that's been publicized and even if you haven't been paying attention it's you know seeped in somewhere it does talk about those things and that gets more interesting but it so much feels like harry harry tells his side of the story right like his side of the story as to like why the rift happened between him and his family in the last section of this book but when he tells that side of the story i I'm blown away by the fact that he has total control of the narrative mm, here. Yeah, yeah. And when he tells the story, I still kind of don't believe him and I'm kind right. of not on his side, right? right? <laughs> like I, it doesn't come across as legitimate or particularly sympathetic or like we're getting the whole story. You know, things it like It just, just
0: felt like something was missing
1: or like it didn't complete the puzzle like you thought it would. Growing up, my mother always said that if there's something that everybody says behind your back, it's probably true. Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, okay, but the, thing, him, right? the things that were said were like
2: racist things
1: about his life. Mm-hmm. Okay, some of so... the things that were said were racist things, but right, but other things that were said were things like, hey, I don't think Megan's super good for Harry and she seems like kind of controlling and manipulative. And it's one thing if the press says that, um, one of the underlying themes in this book, Nick is Prince Harry really, yeah, I, that's really one of my talking points. We got to get into that. Yes. That's a big thing. <laughs> but like, it's another thing when his brother is sending it, like his brother, who he's had like kind of a stilted weird relationship with his whole life is calling him and hugging him and telling him that he loves him and he's there for him and by the way, that Megan girl, dude, I don't think she's good for you. Like, like everybody in this book is talking to Prince Harry and being like, hey, man, we're here to help you. Right. And this is Harry saying this. Like, yeah. We're here to help you. We think this is it. We think you're doing the wrong thing. We think you're in a bad relationship. We are here for you. And when he tells that story, Right he's kind of telling it like, Oh, they're just being openly manipulative. And I knew I shouldn't believe them in that. And he comes across to me like a man who is in a psychologically abusive relationship. And I know I'm not the first person to have that take, right? Like I'm not the first person in the world to have that take, but I think that everybody in the world is kind of telling him the same thing. And he's going, no, I think you're wrong.
0: That's interesting though, that he kind of says all that it's a,
2: it, it's a well it's it's like a it's like a he said it's like a he said he said thing like with with his brother his brother would of course uh, say yeah like i was looking out for him and Harry is right. like well no i love this person and and i'm, I'm well you funny. can see
0: both sides to that argument friends can tell you you're in a bad relationship or in a good relationship right it just depends yeah. how close you are mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff anyway
2: yeah mm-hmm. yeah
0: All right. I don't know anything about this book, but I did bring a game.
1: Oh, no! <laughs> game, game, That's game, great. game.
0: Very good, very good. So, you know, over the course of this book's release, uh, the past two-ish weeks, um, there has been a lot of talk about... Chatter. Uh, the, yeah, a lot of chatter mm-hmm. on, the in- on the internet about the yep. penis. About the penis. Oh boy,
2: so much.
1: This is yeah. one of my talking points, actually. <laughs> oh yeah, I have a whole section of my notes called Prince Harry's Todger.
2: <laughs> todger, I hate that word so much.
1: Uh, so, I, it's gentlemen, kind of weird that he calls it a Todger, because I also feel like a good euphemism for your penis could be your Prince Harry.
0: <laughs> gentlemen, welcome <laughs> to Cox of Time. Turn back those clocks and walk with me as we decide a bit of a who came first. Mm-hmm. in uh penis slang
1: terms oh,
2: oh
1: this, this is great funny. i do feel like ian might have an advantage on here having his phd in shakespearean penis slang um that's true Was that the focus of your
0: thesis we'll give him a handicap joe for anybody who is not familiar, this book, uh, Harry mentions his penis in this book 15
1: times. That's good, yeah. That can't be, that's that's way low. that's okay. <laughs> I think, that's low. I think maybe just the word penis shows up 15 times. That could there's be. Todgers, there's
0: <laughs> Gentlemen, for this game, you will be given two slang terms for male genitalia,
1: and you're going to tell me which came first. Boy, Nick, you don't bring a lot of games to the show, but when you do, they're bangers. Oh, thank you, Joe. Thank you. The first one is bangers.
0: <laughs> no, it isn't. Although that should really be on here. I wish it was, um, gentlemen. Your your first one here, penis or wiener? <laughs> Those are not medical terms. Penis or wiener. What came first? Uh, I think. Uh, yep. oh. Thank you, uh, Ian. So is this yes. a buzzing
2: type game? I don't even. Uh, yeah, every game is a buzzing okay. game. Okay. If yeah. you make if you, bu- if you make a buzz noise. <laughs> <if you> buzz <laughs> uh i'm gonna say that the i'm gonna
0: penis boy, or hang wiener on.
2: Hang and on. these will all be bleeped for our audience don't worry <laughs> <laughs> now usually when we do the bleep jokes nick doesn't actually follow through i really hope Making you do the, this time. the next several minutes completely unenjoyable <laughs>
1: uh,
2: i'm gonna say i'm gonna say that the word penis came first
1: penis came mm. first joe yeah, and blah, 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 blah. Um, I because Ian took penis first. I, I think I want to go for wiener first anyway. Like it sounds Germanic. Um, it, it, you know those tribes have been kicking around Central Europe for an awfully long time. I think wiener or of course the uh, uh, proto-German Weiner came first. A proto-German. <laughs> Congratulations, one wiener
0: point to Ian. <laughs> oh, Great. I, Actually, a that's penis what I point. Wanted. One penis point to Ian. God, uh, penis invented in 1676.
1: I think there were all uh, before penis. that.
0: Here, let me give you the story here. You're, you're going to also learn as we play this game. I hope you're aware Great. of that. Now, Excellent. Ian, you, sounds like you might already know all this penis history, but if not. Mm, let uh, me just. I, I'm, I'm
2: learning. It's it's all fresh and new. Okay, hold on.
0: Let me buffer through this here then. Uh, penis, a Latin word for tail, was not introduced to the English language until 1676. Yeah, uh, so tail was, uh, I guess we're, Penis came from tail was used mm. to refer to both male and female genitals since the 14th century, gentlemen. Tail, wow,
1: wow. So, so like in the 14th really
0: century, you can get some tail, and I am happy to have this knowledge. <laughs> All right, gentlemen, round number two. Excellent penis work so far. <laughs> Let's see. Here's a fun one: cock or putts. <laughs> Joe, <clears throat> thank you. First.
1: Um, I am going to confidently say here that actually i I was gonna say putz but i think it's going to be cock um putz is a yiddish word i do know that and i feel like yiddish uh people uh i feel like yiddish appeared in new york city uh, america you know famously originated there sometime in like the 1930s so um Hmm. yeah i think the word cock is quite old
2: i'm gonna say the opposite just because i'm not an anti-semite Right. <laughs> uh, I would never go to a party dressed up as a Nazi. And so I. Right. I, I will. I will say Putz. Okay. first. Yeah. No. Noted, Ian. Neither would
0: I. Oh, thank you for the record. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Ian. Uh-uh, that's wrong. <sighs> Putz was not invented until 1932. Uh, no, I think I said go. 1930s New York City. Cock. Was first brought to the beautiful uh, English language in the uh, 1610s. Yeah, I thought it might be mm. old. It- yeah, penis invented in uh, 1676. This game is feeling it's like it's really lasting too long. So I'm going to move to the last round here. Um, final round. We're gentlemen, yes. final yes. round. You ready?
1: Yes. Yes.
0: Sword or dingus? Sword
1: <laughs> or dingus? Uh, Joseph, hmm. I I think sword because swords have been around for quite a while Ooh. and dingus feels like something that came out like when home alone came out or something. <laughs> like I feel like dingus is shockingly recent.
2: And okay. Ian, what is your penis guess? I just think, I just think to be contrary, just contrary. Yeah. Yeah. I just, to be contrary, I, I'm going to say dingus. It's got what? Two syllables. Two syllables is not very many. That's okay. old man. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, sword is... <laughs> yeah, by that logic, sword just is one even better choice, syllable. but I'm going so to stick,
1: stick with my... Well, it's like usernames online, right? Like if you were on the early internet, you could get all the good usernames, but now you have to add numbers to them. That's how syllables work, uh, uh heads, which is why every new word that you hear has more syllables than all the other words that you know.
0: Feels like it maybe kind of is true, though. <laughs> hey, hey, let's... <laughs> uh, that was the
1: first word, <laughs> hey, right? Hey, just like Prince Harry's memoir, if we just speak it into the universe <laughs> confidently enough, maybe it will become true. <laughs> uh, Joe. Yes.
0: You win. Sword. The first... <sighs> the first slang for the tallywhacker. Oh, Are you serious? Good. 11. Well, da- dated back to
2: 11. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> just 11. Just
2: 11. I'd like to welcome back in all the lead heads who just skipped through three guys talking about dicks <laughs> for the <a> last. <laughs> this book kind of has two villains or two separate mm-hmm. groups of villains. The One villain. hmm No, No, the queen is actually actually pretty awesome. I love the queen is presented here is amazing. She's great. Yeah, she Um, actually does seem pretty cool. The two villains, the two groups of villains are the press, and these are like he hates and disdains them. And the other villain is sort of growing over the course of the book, his father and brother who he believes are kind of seduced by in league with. The press yeah. and eventually end up like feeding stories to the press to discredit Harry. And
1: of course, discredit. they are, yeah. And, yeah. and that seems, by the way, super legitimate. Like when he talks about like leaks that Charles and oh, like a legitimate yeah, complaints, yeah, no, no, yeah. like yeah, yeah, legitimate complaints. Yeah. Like he talks about like things that he are in private correspondence between him and his father that get leaked into the press, and Harry's going. It, what Yeah. like is my dad's yeah. office leaking my letters yeah. into the press? And yeah. the answer is yeah, yep, yeah, definitely. definitely yeah. Or or like towards the yeah. end where he's
2: like, okay, he, they, they hammer out these ar- arrangements where they keep their security because they've been getting death threats and they're going to go leave and they're going to stop talking bad. And then sort of without, without prior, without prior notification, they're like, oh yeah, uh, actually scratch that security we're not paying for your security anymore. It's out. Like, yeah. we're pulling it. Like, these kinds of things seem, seem legitimate. Does it ever back... I mean, just like... I feel like we could talk about this forever. Does it ever get to,
0: like, the root of, like, what the fuck started all this? Is it just... He's basically saying, well, it well, is okay. me dating... What's-her-face?
1: Megan. I think there's a couple of overarching, like, stories in here that are pretty compelling. Yeah, what are right? the like, stories are, in this book, Joe? Princess Diana dies in, in, in a That's car a big crash, right? Being chased by, it, it's huge, right? It's, it, is the, it is the, not just the uh, originating event of this book, it's the originating event of Prince Harry's life, yeah. right? Like, it's the first thing that really happens in this book. Yeah. He talks about walking behind her casket. He talks about, you know, all these things. Yeah. Believing until he's 17 years old that she isn't dead, but instead went, went into hiding. Mm-hmm. Yep, 100%, Ooh, right? Yeah, I d- heard about yeah. that.
0: That's mm-hmm. crazy. But it makes sense.
1: Intense. I think one of the things, once he starts um dating Megan, once he then goes on to marry Megan, one of the things that becomes very clear is he sees a ton of parallels between the way that his mother was pursued by the press and treated by the the crown, right? Treated by the firm, treated by the royal family, and the way that the press and royal family are treating his wife um the whole first half of this book i mean really the whole this the whole of this book is him dealing with his grief wh- about his mother's death yeah. in a lot of ways like like princess diana shows up all the time yeah, yeah. he's never textbook. told like, that
0: story basically in he, a book so that makes sense
1: and when he sees like um you know there's there's kind of a harrowing story where princess um megan uh, i don't know if that's what you call her when when Meghan markle is being chased by the paparazzi um, and he's, she's talking to him on the phone. She's very upset. She's scared. And he's kind of talking her through how to deal with it. And he's like, look, where your seatbelt? <laughs> yep. Yeah, 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 put your seatbelt on. Don't speed. Like, don't do anything. Yep. He says, and just go to the palace, like just drive to Buckingham palace. And like, they'll let you in and it'll be fine. The press can't follow you there. And she gets to Buckingham palace. And like the, there's something going on there that like the gates are closed. They can't get her in. There's some Royal procession coming in. So the press are kind of on top over there. And then he says, okay, drive to the police station, right? Like go to the police station, talk to the police, right? Like they'll make this stop. So she drives to the police station pursued by paparazzi. She walks in pursued by paparazzi. And while she stands there really on the, on the, having a nervous breakdown, like, like upset about this, the police tell her, Hey, you're a public figure, yeah, like like well, there is nothing we can do about this, as like the camera, sh- camera shutters like snap in her face. I think the most harrowing story he tells in this is at a certain point he asks for princess diana's police file uh, the, the the file about her car accident, right this is maybe uh, towards the end of part one, yeah. something like yep. that. he asks about the file for her car accident, and they give him everything they have on it, including. Tons of photographs of the destroyed cars and the dead bodies and things like that. And he says, and at a certain point, I realized that as my mother lay there, right? Like in Mm. in the immediate, in the seconds after this, yeah. In the seconds after her, her crash, as she lay there, rather than trying to help, rather than like rushing to the aid of the victims, rather than calling the police, the paparazzi sat there and took pictures. Because the entire thing is documented.
2: He's like, I'm looking at this picture and there are all these points of light, these glowing points yeah. of light. And I'm like, oh, is that her soul? Is that what is that? Yeah. And I look closer and I realize those are reflections on the car glass from flashes uh, of cameras that are taking pictures yeah. of her dead
1: body. It, but, but yeah, but like the moment that he says, like, I realized that in my mother's final moments on this earth all she would have heard was the sounds of shutters clicking, which is a set which were sounds that had been haunting her for yeah. wow for her entire life. I mean, it's basically his villain origin story or his superhero origin story, however you want to talk about.
2: <laughs> so back to back to what I was saying about the two villains, like I think this villain, he does a really good job of saying the press is the bad guy. And it's specifically like it's like yeah. um uh, undeniably it's like pulp magazines. It's like it's like um tabloids. They're the bad guys. The paparazzi are the bad guys. I think the the idea that the idea that his family is the bad guys is, as Joe is saying, harder to defend, and Joe wouldn't buy that. Um but th- like that part of the that story of of, of Harry versus the paparazzi kind of kind of justifies the legitimate legitimizes this book again, because he's trying to break free. He believes he's been hemmed in, not just by the firm, by the crown, but also by the British press. And so this is his chance to say, here is what actually happened. Here's the way it actually went down. And as a, so as a, as a rebuke to the press, you know, he's, this is, this is him doing that. This is him saying, now it's my turn to tell my story.
1: Not only that, but like the, the crown, like the institution is also to a degree in league with the press, right? right, right? Yeah. Like, and it's not just my dad leaks stories about me that are mean, right? Like that's obviously like on one end of the spectrum, but he says like, My, my entire family's existence in a lot of ways is dependent on the goodwill of the press, right? Like all of our initiatives depend on like getting a big press event to turn out at one point. I don't know if it's at the Invictus games or something else that he's speaking at. He realizes that all of the same British press that he is speaking to, to like launch this passion project of his, to like, you know, do this good in the world are the same journalists in some cases like the same photographers and journalists but certainly the same institution of the press yeah. that also torture him and that relationship that they have that like this it's it's kind of symbiotic it's kind yeah. of parasitic yeah. it's, it's almost like it, it i don't know the word for this a symbiotic relationship is when you both get something from each other obviously and you both benefit the other this almost feels like a Co-parasitic right. relationship. Like, yeah. Each are cannibalizing yeah. the other. Yeah. Yeah. Each are cannibalizing the other. It's like that tree
2: falling in a forest. If a tree falling, if 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 a if a British royal funds go, goes to a goes to a command performance of an opera and there isn't any press around to take a picture of it, did it even happen?
1: It, like, yeah. No. Yeah. But no.
2: also, all the stuff with with Meghan Markle is hugely it, like the the prices they put on these pictures. They're talking yeah. about hundreds of thousands of hundreds pounds. of
1: thousands of dollars. Yeah. For a, what for a sorry. Yeah, people, sure. people are making a small fortune. It, it's yeah. the lottery, well, right? Like they talk about how they like there's certain paparazzi that they recognize by sight, by name, because basically these people have made a career out of yeah. following them yeah. from England to Canada to Southern California and just lurking just outside the perimeter of their estate and seeing, you know, cutting holes in fences checking the perimeter yeah (laughs) yeah Um, so so
2: i think i think this the 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 flip side is true as well if the monarchy needs the press in order to continue to be relevant if it even is even is relevant the press also needs the monarchy what else are they going to report on parliament well they have brexit they do have and the aftermath of Brexit. <laughs> yeah. So part of what part of the reason I love this. So like I think there are there are there are levels to this book. And there's the whole like my family did me wrong and the jury's out on that one. There's the whole right. press did me wrong. And that one I'm like That seems pretty I, it clear. It seems more airtight. It's a very yeah. it's a compelling yeah. narrative in that element. There's also the nasty little part of this, which is just the sort of the the glee in the tell-all. Where it's yeah. just like, yeah, man. We're gonna learn some stuff about these people, mm-hmm. and they're weird, <laughs> dude. So, like early yeah. on, he talks about this is amazing. Queen Elizabeth, may her soul rest in power, or whatever. Rest in just, power. Queen Elizabeth loved bagpipes. Loved them. Loved them. Loved them so much that when she was at her palace in Balmoral in Scotland, where she had eventually passed away, she liked to be woken up by
1: bagpipes. Oh God! Could you I imagine? imagine?
2: That's awesome. Hey,
1: Joe, why didn't you say more awesome things about this book? Well, sorry. When I used to sleep at my grandpa's house, he would wake us up with polka music, like blasted on the radio. Does that, <laughs> you call him the queen? <laughs> if the queen was from
2: Wisconsin, it would be uh,
1: accordions, accordions. And I don't know
2: why that's a, that's a good name of something. If the queen was from Wisconsin, Wisconsin, I saw critics say this book is about hunting and being hunted. He talks a lot about his hunting. Yeah. Um, yeah. The first time he kills, I think a, a rabbit. Okay, actual mm-hmm. hunting. The, Got it. The first time he kills yep, a rabbit. Hunting. Yeah, the most dangerous game, rabbits. Okay. The first time what? he kills a rabbit, his Wasc- <laughs> uh, rabbits. Yes, his his like uh, associate takes the blood and like paints it on his face and says, "Now you're blooded." And this, the first time he kills a deer, <laughs> stupid. Yeah, the game master, like the guy who's like hunting with him, okay. cuts mm-hmm. the deer open, takes huh? Harry's head. What? And t- Rams it into the body cavity. What? It's like a cult. It's like horrifying. It's, it's so weird, yeah. and it's like it's like it's it's so strange. It's got. It seems like fiction. Now, is
0: that a big um, tradition in the hunting? I'm not a big hunter. Is that a big? Is that a pretty common? Well, I'm not a hunter either. But I, I've I never don't heard, think you heard it. it. To, like, to submerge yourself
2: to your shoulders in your first kill. Okay, this all is right. part We're of the part learning of the mythos. Today. The last, the last one, the last kind of tell-all bit that I I want to highlight is just how petty these people are, like. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so so there's a there there are a lot of uh, moments of this. I I highlighted a ton of these, but my favorite moment of pettiness is that the current king, King Charles or whatever his name is, mm-hmm. um, Harry refers to him as "pa" throughout the book because he's pa he's his dad. So um, Kate Middleton, who is Harry's sister-in-law is going, mm-hmm. is going to a, a do a, 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 an appearance. She's going to be at a mm-hmm. tennis club and the king. Yeah. The, yes. now, now the king, now the king is yeah. the guy who's the king now is like, Oh, Oh no, 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 You can't do that. I, I and my wife have an event planned that day. Well, it's too late to cancel on the tennis club. And so the king says, well, okay, you can go, but don't you dare hold a tennis racket. Mm-hmm. Why? Well, if, You hold a tennis racket. You will look so beautiful and poised and fancy holding that tennis racket that it'll wipe us off the front page. So you can go do your little tennis club thing.
0: Uh, Oh, just mind games, huh? Dare be photogenic enough to wipe us off the front page. And it's just like, what are these people? From your dad.
1: (laughs) From your dad. (laughs) Your father-in-law. it's wild. Um, it, the, the, one of the only things, and this isn't so much salacious British tell all like tabloid tell all, but, um, but, but, I, but like di- he dish, calls this book, he calls this book, the spare. And what that refers to is like his, his brother is the heir to the throne and he is, and he's the spare, but here's the thing. He's the backup. Okay. That, that sounds gross until you realize no, 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 no. This is policy in the Royal family. Like you do not have one child in the royal family. Mm-hmm. You have an heir, and then you have a second fricking kid. And right? they in don't. Case something happens to that first. And one. they
2: don't travel on the same plane together.
1: They do not travel on the same plane. They are never put in danger together because God forbid something happens to both of them and the line of succession is yeah. muddied.
0: Well, I mean that's just good. That's just common smart uh, sense. There, <laughs> it's, just, it's just efficient. Is all it is. So. Uh, well, anyway, yeah. <laughs> um, isn't it a little kind of the, the, the glaring elephant in the, uh, the hole in the elephant here, <laughs> it's, uh, as they say, um, that he's complaining about the media while also using it to complain about the media. Yeah. I mean, like if, if you, if you really want to live that belief and argument, why are you writing and pointing, you know, and obviously going to make like a, a New York Times bestselling book and like get all this media right. attention. He's doing tours on the
2: biggest interviews across like his his answer to that would be there in, in, in England, especially there's a really, really vibrant tabloid culture, mm-hmm. um, but vibrant, not the way like flowers are vibrant, but like mm-hmm. the way maggots are vibrant in a corpse. It's, it's <laughs> on like a corpse? Right. there's a lot there's, ugly flower. Tabloids, at mm-hmm. core, like a corpse flower. Yeah. Tabloids are huge. Mm-hmm. And he's not, that's the, when he says media, when he says, when he says paparazzi, he's talking about that, not so much Oprah. But I think your mm-hmm. point stands that he's, he's mad. He's mad about one sided storytelling. So his solution is more storytelling, a, a, another side, another side, yeah. more storytelling. Yep.
1: Yeah. Well, and I think it's what Ian says too, like without the media, Right, like with, with without some a broadcast without a microphone, like this doesn't exist. Right, like the yeah. royal the royal family the royal spat doesn't exist. So he do, he really doesn't comment on that. There's a lot of, I, I don't think he addresses it directly. There's a lot of like he has a hard time getting his message out because he is like a member of this firm. Right. So he would like talk to his dad and he would talk to a Willie, his, his brother. And he'd be like, Hey, this is ridiculous how the press is treating Megan, Megan. I want to release a statement that says this and this, I I want to sue the press for this um, libelous thing that they printed. A slanderous thing. I, I forget which is which libelous, I believe. Um, Like I want to sue the press for this libelous thing. And his family's like, yeah, You can't do any of that because that reflects poorly on us. Like we are not going to release a statement defending your wife. You are absolutely not going to sue the press, right? Because we need our relationship with them. So So is,
0: is that's the argument for like, I have to go to a different country. Is it because he literally couldn't get his voice heard in the country?
1: Um, well, at a, at a certain point, he does break away, and he, at a certain point, he hires a private lawyer, and, and he files a private lawsuit, and that's, and that's actually, I think, kind of the thing that kicks yeah, off the whole the rest. tipping point, for sure. Yeah. That is the Got tipping it. point, point. Um, and basically, like, he went outside, he went outside the firm, like, he went outside the crown, and then, yes, he moves to a different country, so that, et cetera. That
0: is the, the, yeah, all right, well, I think I, not really. Really don't need to ever hear about this guy again.
2: Nope. I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm glad I read it. Yeah, I think I think it's it's a it's a book unlike any book I've read before. Um, there yeah, were parts yeah. which are absolutely just aggravating. I didn't really talk about the fact that you can tell what parts are him and what parts of the ghostwriter, like the parts that he insisted oh, sure. on keeping in. Mostly oh, Todd, right. talk and a lot of a lot of the rest of it yeah. is is. Pretty clearly, the ghost.
0: Writer. What if the ghostwriter was the one dropping all the penis stuff? <laughs> I think we need more about. <laughs> your we need body. to keep it in, Harry. We need, yeah, we need to.
1: This is my I just art. Want, I just want <laughs> one word about the ghostwriter here, because there are parts of this book that I think are really beautifully written. I actually think the afterward, especially where, where the queen has died, yep. Um, yep. it's like September of last year. He kind of writes this little like last recollections of the queen, are really genuinely touching and genuinely beautiful. Um, the ghostwriter of this book is a relatively famous ghostwriter um he has written his own memoir called the tender bar which has recently been made into a movie starring ben affleck uh directed by george clooney he wrote the andre agassi autobiography open which is a classic of the genre he wrote uh the business memoir shoe dog uh, the phil knight story the founding of nike that's supposed to be a great book all three of those books are like They're outstanding. All three of those. I I haven't had the tender bar. I'm sorry, but open and shoe dog might be in my top 20 of all time. Right? Like I love both of this books and not only do I love them, I think they are timeless stories in a lot of ways, which is why when you read this book, that should be interesting. And you realize that it's just like this retaliatory, like momentary thing. It's a little bit. I wonder if
0: he wrote it too soon. I feel like the story's still happening
1: well that, yeah that's the other well, thing yeah. too
0: it's like why did this book need to be written and it feels like it didn't
2: when you get to mm-hmm. the end when I got to the end I was surprised I was like oh okay I guess you know I, I guess it is I guess it is over now but the, mm-hmm. like I, I would love to read I would love to read uh, follow up in f- 20 years the, because the sequel, yeah, 20 years now. which comes Things out are, next mm-hmm. year
1: yeah <laughs> All right, litheads, thank you very much. We appreciate you. Um, if you want to suggest a book of your own, suggest a theme of your own, right? Like the royal uh, tell-alls don't come out Any every week. Any other princes you know or, or Andy, princesses. Mm-hmm. Suggest a theme, suggest a book, request a sticky. After that, um, subscribe, rate us. We're on all the social media that you can imagine. Well, that when you care you about probably. And some that you can't imagine. <laughs> We're on that future shit. All right. And finally, um, tell a bookish friend. Uh, lidheads make more lidheads. You can make more lidheads by telling bookish friends. Um, Ian's going to get the last word here, but I just want to say I do not think you should read this book. Oh, wow. Yeah. All, right. <laughs> all right. That's all I have to say.
2: So, okay. So towards the end, <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to I'm not going to weigh in because I think I think if you're the kind of person who likes this stuff, then you should read it. Yeah, yeah. you're, you're the kind gonna of person it or you're yeah. not who has no joy <laughs> in their life. And I mean, he's already sold like, what, five hundred thousand copies. Um, it's yeah, been out yeah, support for, this guy. He needs your help. <laughs> as of today, it's been out for a week and a half and he's already sold five hundred thousand. Yeah,
0: can we take a can we take a moment job. to pause for. <laughs> all the artists writing good pieces of literature that, that were published over the course of like two
2: weeks worth. But this, uh-huh. they weren't get but this, but this podcast has never been about good literature. I think that's right. It. Mm-hmm. And it never will um, be. So uh, he, he talks at one point in the book, he says, yeah, you know, I'm not an anti-monarchist. I, I love the queen and, and I support and respect her and all this stuff. But then towards the end of the uh, book, he kind of, he starts to think, um, so I'm gonna <laughs> read. He, he, he's musing on whether or not the monarchy is a death cult, and um, I'll just read this section. It, it touches on some of the stuff we've been discussing about taking death action, cults. and death <laughs> cults, and so forth. So um, he's had this sort of showdown with his brother and his dad, and he's realizing like I'm, I'm, I don't, I don't believe them anymore. I don't think they're looking out for my best interests. He says my mind suddenly flooded with memories of our relationship but one in particular was crystalline willie and i years before in spain a beautiful valley the air glittery with that uncommonly clear mediterranean light the two of us kneeling behind a green canvas wall as the first hunting horns sounded lowering our flat caps as the first partridges burst toward us. Bang, bang, a few falling, handing our guns to the loaders who handed us new ones. Bang, bang, more falling, passing our guns back, our shirts darkening with sweat, the ground filling with birds that would feed nearby villages for weeks. Bang, one last shot, neither of us able to miss, then standing at last, drenched, starved, happy, because we were young and together, and this was our place, our one true space, away from them and close to nature. It was such a transcendent moment that we turned and did that rarest of things. We hugged really hugged but now i saw that even our finest moments and my best memories somehow involved death our lives were built on death our brightest days shadowed by it looking back i didn't see spots of time but dances with death i saw how we steeped ourselves in it we christened and crowned graduated and married passed out and passed over our beloved's bones windsor castle itself was a tomb the walls filled with ancestors The Tower of London was held together with the blood of animals, used by the original builders a thousand years ago to temper the mortar between the bricks. Outsiders called us a cult, but maybe we were a death cult, and wasn't that a little bit more depraved? Even after laying grandpa to rest, had we not had our fill? Why were we here lurking along the edge of that undiscovered country from whose born no traveler returns? Willie was still talking. Pa was talking over him and I could no longer hear a word they said. I was already gone, already on my way to California, a voice in my head saying, enough death, enough. When is someone in this family going to break free and live?